Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am excited to... uh, I'm staying in North America, uh, dropping down below the border, though, to Mexico, to one of my favorite vacation places, which is Cancun, uh, to talk with Monica Alba, who is the organizer for TEDx Cancun. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Thank this you for is, this. Page. This is so great. You know, we have um, we have so many Latin American TEDxes, and in fact, uh, there are some folks who have approached me about doing um, hacking the red circle in Espanol. Ooh, that would be awesome. I think that would be. Uh, I I I only know kitchen Spanish. Uh, our listeners know I'm. A, I was a chef in a past life, so uh, I don't. I don't really. We can speak help it. you with that. So yeah, we can help you. I, I I'm sure that you, if you get like to say, hey, any volunteers for doing this in Spanish? So I think we can. Many you will get some hands. There, there <laughs> are. So drop, drop me a note, Mark at hackingtheredcircle.com if that's something you're interested in. So, Monica, I we talked to each other uh, and we met, I think, first in uh, TEDx Summit in Banff, and then you were just at TED Fest, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Uh, first question: Are you going to go to Fest in Scotland in 2019? I would love to. I would really, really love to. I think those uh, gatherings really um, uh, confirm that we are in the right place with the right people doing what we love. So uh, I would love to go, definitely. But I can truly say that those past experiences and all the fellow Tedsters and TEDxers that I have met there, I tr- are true passionate people and they really confirm what what am I doing here and why I'm <clears throat> sorry why am I doing it so it's great yeah, yeah. It, for, for those who have not been to a summit those of you that are listening and we have a lot of new listeners and a lot of first time organizers uh, let me just quickly explain the difference between fest and summit so ted fest mm-hmm. Uh, has, it's only, we've only done it twice and it's at the same time as Ted and it's just organizers and we've done it in Brooklyn and it was, it was fantastic. They're taking a break in 2019 to do the Ted summit later in the summer. The summit is, think of it as, um, my favorite phrase was a summer camp for Ted. And it really is that. And it is um, kind of equal parts TED organizers, TEDx organizers, TEDx translators, fellows, and TEDsters. So you get just this wonderful blend of people. Uh, and of course, our tribe of organizers is all there. So um, as soon as the uh, invitations come out for Scotland, you should apply. Uh, it would be yes. fantastic. So Monica, tell me, how long has uh, TEDx Cancun been around? 
We got our license in 2015. And since then, we have had two events and we are planning our third event this October. But I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how we got the license because it, it has to do with something that you said at the beginning of a show. And when we applied, we, well, we started applying saying that, hey, we want uh, this for Cancun and, and you know that this is our purpose for our people. And the proposal got rejected like... Oh. Yes, like four or five times. Like we had the first time you got a rejection, you're like, oh no. Well we had then the second we had the time. Rejection. Yeah. Well, maybe not four or five times. The thing it we the mails emails came back and forth four right. or five times because okay. we have to like our argument our reasons. Yes. And the main the main argument for the rejection, which was very interesting, is that they didn't want it, it to be in a place where it could be misinterpreted for something commercial or for something um, so touristic, because Cancun is very well known for its yes, touristic, sure. uh, you know, um, offerings, and they didn't want it to to get misinterpreted for that. So that really made us just become stronger in our arguments, you know, and say, well, we want this for the local people. We are mm. a growing community, a strong community, a very young community because we have uh, Cancun. Cancun was founded forty years ago. It's nothing. Really? Yes, it's huh. nothing. And up to this point, like in in these years, we have the first generation of uh, young people coming out from local universities. So it's the first generation of the first people that came to live here. So we are a local community that is growing, that is proposing, that is expanding. And that's why we wanted to do this for our city. So as I told you, like we had these emails back and forth with the TED people in New York and just explaining this, like we need this for our people to have their ideas spread. And I mean, when we got the license, we were just. Oh, I Bet now, how many of you were in yeah. that 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 crew that was organizing at the very beginning? We were um, four. Yes, we were four people, and all of us were like very close. Well, we are. We are very close friends and from different backgrounds, and we just wanted like we wanted this for this place, and we have been like with this idea in the back of our minds for I don't know, let's say since. 2012, something like that. And we were just saying, oh, it would be great something, someday do this and bring TEDx format. And until one day, one of us just said, like, you know, we have to do this now. Had you gone to uh, a TEDx? Because it sounds like you had a lot of resolve, like we're going to do this. We're going to figure this yeah. out. <laughs> so had you been to one or how, what, what gave you the sense of how important it was? Our will. We, we haven't been before. Yes, <laughs> we hadn't been before to our, to, to our TEDx event. We had, we well, we all of us were TED Talks fans, sure. you know. Sure, sure. But we didn't have any kind of know, like, 
previous knowledge in terms of license application or like idea curation or whatever, which we're just <laughs> like, we, we would love this to come to our place. <laughs> Isn't it? I think it's interesting that, um, and that's the way a lot of people get into it. So I want to do this. I mean, you hadn't been to Ted. Uh, it's like you'd watch Ted talks and here's an opportunity to produce one, you know, in your hometown for your people. And, and, all you had was that you said your will and this passion, this excitement to do it. And then you found out how much work it was going to be. Tell me about that. <laughs> I think we picture this when, when we were in the adventure of organizing the, that first event. We have this like visual image of these friends knowing where we want to go and just jumping off a cliff, you know, like, woohoo, we're going. And I don't know how, <laughs> yes, we, we're, we don't know how this is going to come, but we know how or where we want to get. Uh, so it was a total adventure. I mean, um, we had to figure out everything, like in terms of curation, in terms of branding, in terms of sponsorship, in terms of uh, speaker, um, curating speaker ideas like everything was and and also like curating for the um attendees experience right you know so it has been all like a very learning like active learning process tell me about um cure so, so we've said that this is a, a tourist Mecca, right? It's a place for people over there. It's so famous uh, to go, especially go diving. My favorite thing there. Um, yeah. How how did you find speakers? Did you work with the local university or how did that work? Yes, our process uh, works in, we, we publish uh, an application right. and we distribute, distribute it, yes, through local universities, local organisms such as uh, NGOs and uh, oh. so many, yeah, so many social movements and uh, um, companies, even within the hotels. And, you know, we have like a very, uh, very, very uh, um, range of, of places where we publish our application and it well obviously in social media and stuff but yes we have been we have been searching for our local speakers uh, and they come from many different backgrounds and as you said lo well diving is a big thing here and we got that first first year we got an application from leo morales which is a disabled diver oh, wow. and he yeah, he completed now two world uh, Guinness records in for oh disabled diving. Oh my goodness! Yes, and he did this here and oh, and wow. yeah and ideas like that when yeah, we yeah. when we started started getting those ideas from our local community yeah. was just that okay yes we're in the right place we're doing the right thing for these people to just spread their things no. How many mm -hmm. speakers did you have or how many do you have coming up? We have, a, in each of our events, we have around 14 to 16 speakers. That's quite a few. And, and yeah, and two, two, perf like two art performances, like dancing or music. Right. So, yeah, it's a full-day event, and we divide our program in three sets, in, of, of, in three sessions. Um, mm -hmm. What is it about... Your event, I think the the having the diver come and talk that that you, that anchors it to Cancun. What other things do you do to make the event unique to your town? 
That that first uh, year also came a proposal from a uh, uh, lady we love, which is called Tiziana Barrera, uh, Tiziana Roma Barrera, and she she said, "Why Cancun is also Mexico?" And she had the she was born in one of the families that first came to Cancun 40 mm -hmm. years ago. And it's amazing how her analysis of Cancun has been that we are part of our country, we are part of Mexico, but we cannot be compared to any other colonial, typical little towns around Mexico because we are different. I mean, we have a different origin and we are so eclectic. We have so many nationalities here living in Cancun and That's that was her idea. I mean, we have to embrace our diverse identity in Cancun and propose and work for it. So I think that that talk for us was like a starting point to say, this is what we are and this is what we want to showcase in our future events. We want to showcase ideas that come from our local community, but that represent this wide array of um, of. Uh, programs of activities of people that are coming here developing projects or they're living here or that have been born here because we have also a very interesting mixture of um, Mayan communities oh yes uh, yes yes so and they have been also part of our foundation so it's amazing there is uh, I'm we'll we'll put a link to some of the talks send us a link of your favorite talk and we'll sure. put that We'll put that in the show because uh, I think that will help people get. Oh, different question: uh, Is the are the talks in Spanish and then translated to English? Good. Uh, in both of our events, we have had during the event talks in English and in Spanish, both. Great. And how's that work for you? Managing the logistics of that. I know it works well. We have. Uh, For the second event, we tried for having like uh, live uh, translation. Is oh that yes, sure. Translator? sure, sure, yes. But but we had like a previous uh, questionnaire. Um, uh, we asked the audience if they think they would be necessary, and we got like a majority of no, it's okay. So yeah, we we just managed it. Uh, having the speakers having in English and Spanish. And for our second event, we had Celine Cousteau, the granddaughter of, of Jacques Cousteau, with us. And she did her talk in English, and it was wow. great for the audience. Wow. Yes, yes, it's it's been great. And here, people here in Cancun are really, really used to having like different languages, being English, one of the most uh, well-known sure. as, as different The Custo, the Custo Foundation is here in is based here in Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. and we are having um, the the person who has worked with uh, Jean Michel for the last mm. 20 years diving come to talk uh, at our TED this year in September. Um, wow! Because we're right on the water as well in Santa Barbara, so the ocean is a big part of of what we think about and what's important to us in as we're curating so i uh, we we, sh we share that um tell That's me awesome. it, w there's a, an interesting project going on right now and by the time people hear this episode we will have already recorded that which is uh in uh vincenza in italy they're they're doing a a survey of the food served at TEDx events, if there's a unique kind of food. Is there something unique to Cancun that you do that we might not expect from a snack point of view? 
Uh-huh. No, we, we like we provide for, well, we have these like sponsorships with partners and they provide for us like normal. Well, yes, in our first event, we had Mexican food. So we had tacos, you know, and lovely Mexican food. Yes. And for our, yes, for our second event, we had like just uh, like normal international food. Uh, <laughs> and yes, like uh, very, and for uh for our this next event we're planning yes we're planning maybe on having something like more from local businesses or entrepreneurs that have had like their their uh, new businesses of, of food coming and we have this i don't know if we have if you have heard of this um problem in the oceans with the lionfish no what's that uh, like so so the lionfish here in the caribbean has become a plague and it has here in the caribbean has no predators so the lionfish is eating all other smaller fish and many many parts of the coral reef so it's become an uh, it, it has become a real threat for the for the reef so in recent re- years chefs have been cooking lionfish in in like you know in a way to um reduce this this damage and yeah we have talked about serving lionfish in one of our tedx events so that might be something interesting to explore for this next event uh i i I can't wait to hear how that that turns (laughs) out for you guys yeah tell tell me you're you know you're going into your third year and or fourth let's see 2015 2016 fourth year and uh and because it's our third event third event and because you've done fest and you've done summit you don't have that hundred person cap How, how many people are at your event we're this time we're inviting uh 400 450 people 450 so yeah after I mean, you're a seasoned producer now, and you've got a good crew, and you've got this figured out. There's still got to be some surprises. What what continues to surprise you? I think we are constantly surprised by the way the community responds in terms of the in terms of the experience, because even though we have done these two previous events, uh, we think that every time we have people come closer to the ideas and come closer to the TED format and the TEDx experience, we get so like so many different comments on this day has been for me like mind opening. And uh, I think I can do this different in my home after listening to this idea or, you know, like those kind of comments, we, we really are, like always uh, glad to get and we are always surprised to to receive from the people that come to our events it makes it worthwhile doesn't it yeah definitely definitely. i I think that's um i i love i think my favorite one the one that surprised me was when they said this was the best day of the year wow and i thought okay it was a pretty good day was if i don't know if it was the best i'm glad it was the best for you and i'm glad we were able to do that so that's on the good side there's got to be i'm i'm i can't even imagine the challenges you have though of producing an event there in that community that's got so many people coming and going but a question quick question um what's the 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 local population of cancun not the tourist population 
Aha, we are nearly to one million habitants. Oh my! Okay, so now I'm surprised. There's yes. it doesn't <laughs> feel like a million people. Exactly because uh, the like the hotel zone in Cancun is close to the ocean, and yes. here da- downtown where we call it is in the continent, and you have a lagoon that is separating those two parts. Yeah. Uh, so we're we live here in downtown. I mean, we're really close to the beach. It's like sure. fifteen minutes sure. close, sure. but but uh, still we are like we talk to ourselves as locals, and we we do our normal lives as 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 any other city of course of course that makes sense so <laughs> yeah. um okay so that that gives me some sense of the scale it's, it's quite large what's the biggest challenge for you i think for us our biggest challenge has been maybe for many other events there are also listening has been to get sponsors in right. terms of um in terms of uh being like finding the correct uh, organization or company that will be in the same um, in the same terms of your vision or of your passion mm. of your commit of your commitment you yeah, know yeah, and yeah. I think that has always been a challenge for us but for this third year we have uh, a couple of partners or of sponsors that are like previous sponsors and they are all in they are all part of the family now yes but yeah, our our biggest challenge always is to get like sponsors. Even though you would think that, oh my god, you have like all these big companies, hotel companies there and that they can like support your event and stuff. But yes, it has been quite a challenge to transmit the idea of the value of doing this for the local people. I I think that that's the I don't know if it's the number one, but it's sure in the top three the of top challenges three. for all of us, right? Because we're we're all volunteers, and I um, I completely rebooted our or re you know reorganized our whole development operation this year for our TEDx, and and as a matter of fact, um, today I'm doing our final edits on our sponsor deck because I brought in a new director of development who has a lot of experience in raising money and which was really helpful. And she looked at uh, the work we had done and, and she pointed out some things that were obvious to her as someone who raises money that were not obvious to me as an organizer. Uh, I feel, I feel like we should do a show on, um, on just on sponsoring. Uh, but I did find um, and I'll give a shout out to Katie M who's been on our show from TEDx Montreal. I did a lot of research on the hub and I hope, um, you know, that our listener knows about the TEDx hub. We talk about it a lot on the show. Uh, so many resources there. And I grabbed a bunch of sponsor documents and I found the one from Montreal to be extremely helpful as I set about redoing ours. So uh, you might Good. want to take a well, look at that. Yeah, they're, they're, thank you. That's great to know. And we'll, we'll share it with our Spanish community. Yeah, that would Spanish. be great. Um, <laughs> so, so what is the thing you love the most about doing the event? Is it, is it curating? Is it organizing? Is it collaborating? Is it doing the marketing? Is it, what's the part you love the most? I think I'm, I'm into this for like, well, many reasons, but I love curating. Mm. I love to come to the, 
backstage of the ideas, their motivations, their passions, and why are they proposing what they're, what are they proposing? Because sometimes when you get to start the curation of the idea, like the speakers come with a prepared speech, you know, that is something they think that you want to hear. But when you start asking more questions and going deeper and deeper, you find amazing stories <laughs> of their ideas right? that you say, that's what you have to say. You know, that's what we, people want to know. That's uh, like that it was hard for you, that it was exciting, that it was um, something that took you so many years or that, you know, that that is what really connects us. And for me, being able to ha give a voice to those ideas, to those feelings, to those emotions, to those motivations, through the TED stage, through the TEDx stage has been has been great. That's for one for one part. Yep. And the other thing I really, really, really love of doing this is the people you get to know mm. in term in terms of uh, that are people that are really committed to doing something for their community and also for themselves. Because we're into these because we're part of something that is um giving you great uh, growth, you know, like personal growth. And yes. if you have this, if you have this, um, uh, if you're after this personal growth, I think you find people that are in this in tune with you. And that's what you get in these gatherings, such as TED Fest and TED Summit. You get to know people that feel the same and want to get the best for themselves and want to get the best for, for, for the people that are doing this. And you, you have no boundaries, you have no borders, you have no language um, uh, disabilities or, or, yeah, like impediments. You are just someone in the same planet sharing a passion, mm. sharing ideas and, and doing something that is great for the, for the community. So I think those two things are the most, for me, the most um, important engines to, to keep on doing this. You said that's so lovely. Uh, I just love that. No, you know, no, no borders, no boundaries. No, there's nothing standing in our way. And isn't that the the case with being an organizer? That you know, we're stepping up out of our normal lives, uh, volunteering mm -hmm. a thousand hours of our time a year, uh, working with other people who are committed to you know changing the world one talk at a time. I want to yes. go back. Um, to what you said about um, when you're coaching, they the speaker comes to you with an initial idea, and then through your the process you take them through, and you're questioning and 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 helping them settle down into the idea, you find that the idea actually changes a bit, and and you get actually to the to the core idea, if you will, mm -hmm. after a little bit. Tell me just a little bit more about that. And, and is there resistance from the speaker in changing mm -hmm. the idea to this new thing that you heard them say, but they didn't hear themselves say? I think it there is like a very thin um, line between between what they want to say and what you can suggest them to say, uh, like in terms of that core idea that mm. I'm, I'm referring to that. I think as, that as long as they feel comfortable sharing what they have to share and that they think that this is going to resonate 
in the in in the hearts and in the minds of their their audience i think it's it's possible for them to change or well to to be flexible in terms of of, of opening their scope and on, on the idea no but if you want to impose well or just for saying or if you want to propose something that goes a bit uh, away of what they're saying i think that would be very delicate so yes we have to stick or we mm, we try sticking to the core essence of the speaker idea the speaker personality and what they have to share i i'm glad to hear you say that because uh, you're right it's because as an organizer you get a sense of what's stronger uh, what's going to mm-hmm. play better what what will resonate with the audience better because you've now done Oh, so you've had 14 speak. I mean, you've, you've, you know, done 30 of these talks, right? So you've, you've worked yeah. with a lot of people, uh, in an effort for me to better understand what it's like to be a speaker, because I've not done a TED talk. Um, I accepted an invitation from TEDx Fargo, uh, to speak this summer, uh, so that I could, un- uh, understand that road to the red circle wow. myself. Um, th- there's one thing to talk about it and there's nothing that to actually do it. So I'm going, the reason I asked you that question again was because I'm going through that same thing. I had a general idea, uh, and then that's changed. It hasn't been a new idea, but the lens that it's looked through is, is changed three times. I think I'm settled wow. on it, but it's, but I, I can, uh, I'm just speaking as a, as speaker, I feel that, and I appreciate your sensitivity because I know I'm being treated by my coach, very sensitive. Said, well, what if you said, maybe it was a stronger, if you did it like this. So I, I, nice. I go, yeah. I go on. Um, hey, good luck. Good luck with that. that oh, I think it would be great. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> It, it, it's uh, one of those things that frightens the heck out of me because it's we know it's a short form, high stakes talk. I know. I think I, most of, most other organizers or licensees that I have talked to, and we have asked each other if we would do a TED talk. We say no. <laughs> I've <laughs> like always said no. First, yeah, no. Our first answer is no, and then well, yes, I do have some very valuable things to share, but like since we know all the back stage of the prepar- yep. preparation, yep. we say. No. <laughs> yeah, no way. We know what we're getting into, but yeah. but uh, my good friend Greg at TEDx Fargo was not going to take no for an answer. So he, which is good. Yeah, so which is good. And I helps. don't know if you have read if you have read this interview that Chris Anderson made to um, not interview, but there's an, there's an article from Team Urban his talk on procrastination uh, and when Chris Anderson invited Tim Urban to the show, well, not to the show, to the, to the uh, event, sorry, to, to, to do his TED talk, Tim said, Oh, maybe I should prepare a little bit more and do this in a couple of years when I'm more prepared and I have more experience on talking and stuff. And I will never forget the answer I read from Chris that said, the time is now. The present is now, mm, and this is a mm, moment. Mm, mm. And from that time, like that, that has been in my in my you know checklists whenever I talk to our speakers that you're here for a reason, and yeah, and it's great it's great to be able to help you transmit your idea to the world. That's when I, I, I just love how you said that this there's that I have so many quotes in this show, Monica. I'm going to have a hard time picking <laughs> the best one. 
What's what's advice that you would give to fellow organizers? Something that maybe you haven't already heard on the show? Something new you would add? I think we have to be very open and share our fails. We have oh. to. We have to. I think yes, we have to learn from our success, and I think we have to be very open and maybe open in the TEDx hub or something like that, like TEDx fails, you know, <laughs> and just say I tried this and it didn't work out, or I approached a speaker this way and it was a total mess, you know, something that will be very valuable for us. I think that would be very very good and maybe um, uh, entertaining <laughs> to learn. <laughs> there have been some interesting talks about failure and how we need failure to succeed. And uh, there's mm, people either hate love or hate those kinds of talks. But I, I appreciate you saying that, that, and, and when you say share them, is it share them with the team, share them with other organizers, share them, publicly i mean that's that's pretty being very vulnerable don't you think mm -hmm. i think it is but it's part of um it's part of recognizing that even though you are a very small event or you are a large event you are always constantly learning and you can learn from people in the like in the different part of the world that are doing something and mm. maybe you fail doing it and they are doing it correct and they got it in the first event and you have had four events and you couldn't get it, you know? So I think we're vulnerable is being vulnerable is good. Being vulnerable is just accepting that you are um, learning all the time and that you can do things better. And yes, I think it will be, it will be good. <laughs> I, I, I love that. What, what are you looking most forward to for your uh, event in October? We are um, looking forward to our theme and oh. to transfer that theme to the speaker's idea. So what is the theme? Our th yeah, the theme for this, for this uh, event is called Resonance. And we were, we were really in the creating process and the, in the, in the thinking process. We were saying we want to, we want to um, have ideas that have like a strong force behind you know that cannot be uh, kept in secret that have mm. to be spoken like whatever their topic is there are ideas that need to be heard in our community in the world so we want to resonate with the people in our audience and in the youtube platform we want to resonate um with other humans to connect in feelings and in uh, knowledge and I think that we need that connection to become a better society, just to be more empathic and to have more tolerance towards our own local diversity. So, yes, we want to resonate locally and make a global impact. <laughs> do, do you have an example of how you've resonated with the community already i mean you've, you've already opened my eyes you know a million people there and 40 years old and all these things i i didn't know at all thank you for that could you give me an example of maybe one of your speakers from the first couple of years that is, has resonated yes sure we have had in our second event she's trinidad gomez and she is from a mayan family mm. uh, and it's great because she she had the opportunity to finish high school. Then she had the opportunity to go to university. She's an architect. 
Then she had the opportunity to um, go to a master's program in Spain. And this has been done all by her own through her efforts. And then she came to us with a proposal of uh, she has um, she has a maker lab uh, facility in the Mayan community. So oh. she teaches she teaches Mayan children to program and to do robots and to Excellent. know about technology. And awesome. she has had yes, it's amazing. And she has had uh, like a one one project with uh, a winner. Uh, from her fab lab, which is for her maker lab. And when she was on our TEDx event, uh, people knew about her. But after being in our TEDx event, she has uh, told us that people have just been contacting her. They have invited to to speak to other for, to other congresses and to other um, events uh, as a as an example of how like this project has changed the lives for this community. So she she has resonated hard in in our local community and also in other communities here in Mexico and abroad also. And the reason I want to tell you the reason I asked that question is this idea of impact. Right. I, mm. I, I hear uh, so many. I mean, I'm so fortunate to be able to have all these conversations, but to hear about um, the impact that we make and ideas worth sharing, but also ideas worth doing. Uh, mm. And I've heard that from so many different organizers, different ways that they think about that. And I already said earlier, we brought in a new uh, head of development. And she was saying, uh, the sponsors want to know that you're making a difference, that you're making an impact, that you, their money is helping you on your mission. And I hadn't ever thought about it that way. And it's, I'm actually going to start asking that question going forward. Um, and what speaker specifically? And so I would challenge all of the organizers as I did this. I went and uh, audited all of our speakers. We've had 73. And I wow. and I've put in. Someone had the idea of an. Uh, I think it was Ajit uh, from TEDx uh, Wilmington who said that they have a speaker alumni manager who Ooh. stays in touch with people. So I thought that was a fantastic idea, and I I want to see since they've stepped off the red circle, what's happened to the idea? Did did it yes. did it work? What what worked, what didn't work. And so, uh, listeners, I'm going to be paying attention to that. So if you're coming up on the show, do your homework because I want to want to know. Yes, <laughs> do it. And, you know, for us, it also has been very interesting to to see how between speakers, they, they connect with each other and oh. they do new projects. So, yes, uh, they, they have had like this um, syner synergies happening among them. Do you, um, uh, on that specific point, um, we found that having them feel like a group and have this sense of belonging together, like they're the 2017 speakers, and uh, there's so much goodness that happens from those connections. Do you do the same? Do you Have you noticed the same thing? Yes, we, we do it and we promote it uh, in every single uh, process of preparation of curation of our speakers we we have two teams from our organizing team we have two teams working with the speakers right. one is a speaker is a speaker team which which help them in the 
curation, uh, preparation of their material, uh, like all the things that have to do with talk and the TEDx format. And the other team that is working with them, we have a team called Experience Team. And that experience team has to do with the attendee experience and the speaker experience. And we take them to like, we take them to have like a night with some beer or some tequilas and mm. we take them to uh, some like a field trip and just to share ideas. And we bring previous speakers oh. to just to share, yeah, just to share their, their tips and their, um, their fails and what they do. And we have had, we, we we did in our second event something that was very special for for the speakers. We our hosts in the second event were speakers from our first event, and oh. they yes, and they felt part of it. I mean, and and we as organizers, when we presented them, we it was very nice to say like, and as you remember from our previous event, we have this who talked about this and now he's coming back to present these following speakers and please welcome blah 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 no so it was great for them to feel still part of the family coming back to present the future ideas so that really worked well i i i love that we did that last year um to have someone host the simulcast and he was one of our speakers from the year before and he wrote and said how can i help and I said, well, we could use a host over here at this other venue. And he Good. said, well, I'd love to. Do. And he has since come up and helped us. Uh, he was our host for TEDx Live. So we did a live uh, broadcast, rebroadcast uh, this year. Um, and he's one of those, our impact uh, people, right? So you you can just kind of tell who those folks are. Yeah. So, um, uh, Monica, one of the things I love is getting to understand what other TEDx's you might want to visit. So if we could turn our red circle into a red carpet and fly it anywhere, where would we go? I love that question. I think I would definitely want to go um, to TEDx Rio de la Plata, which is in Argentina, mm -hmm. which is the largest one. Uh, I really love love the crew, love the staff, and love their ideas and how they work for like to prepare it. Uh, I would love to get to to know how they do it, like be there, not, not just for the event, maybe a previous weeks before just to see and learn. No. And I would love to go definitely to TEDx Taipei and somewhere around also TEDx Sydney, which is beautifully done. Uh, yeah, I think so many. And you know what? The, the, did you see the, the, just the latest TEDx event in the refugee camp that was just the, last the week. It's actually this. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I think I would love to visit those kind of small, low budget, full of passion TEDx events. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that. I've reached out to them. We're going to have them on the show because I want to hear awesome. all about that. I just. You know, if, if you're doing something interesting in your event, uh, just all you have to do is put it on the Facebook group. And I know a lot of you don't even know about the Facebook group, but there is a TEDx community organizer there. Um, please sign up and join that. And then tell us that's where I get so many good ideas for, you know, yeah. uh, people to come be on the show. So as we, as we come around to the end, uh, my favorite question, because I learned so much from this, is your, your best hack. And for those who don't understand the, what hack means, it's the thing that you do that is free and it 
changes the event. It might change it the way you run things or the way you work with partners or the way it, it's something that has a, a major impact, but you don't spend any money. So it's one of those free tips. What would yours be? Okay. I think for us, our best hack would be definitely investing time in team development in terms of, yes, in terms of having, you know, a Facebook group, um, a WhatsApp, uh, like limited, you know, because sometimes WhatsApp groups can be very stressful, but limited, uh, but limited, but constant communication with the team members to make a build up. So they feel part of a process from the very beginning, even though there are some decisions that they're not going to be part of, you know, but just to pass on the excitement of, oh, we have our new logo or guess what? We're getting mm. this sponsor or a happy birthday. Let's see for some beers. And, you know, this uh, team mm, buildup has been for us uh, crucial for what our event is today in terms of how we enjoy it and how we um, solve problems when we have something difficult coming. How many on your core team? We are eight people in our core team. And then for the event, we have had like all of us, we are like 35 to 40 people. And do you have someone who's specifically in charge of volunteers? Yes. And do you have volunteers? I have my rapid fire questions. Do you have volunteers from year to year that come back? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And then we have new ones come. And yes, then, we have. Is your, the core team of eight, is it the same? So you had four in the very beginning, but is uh -huh. that core team stuck together? No, not, not to this year. They have actually, I'm the only one that has stuck together because they had like other, they are part of our like circle, you know, but part they the, have had the other familia. Like, yes. Yes, but they have had professional um, uh, things going on and they cannot like dedicate their time. But we are like the volunteers that are right now, we are part of like the same group of volunteers from the first year. So maybe we have just given some more responsibilities to people that mm. were in other positions mm. and that are now ready to take on responsibilities. Mm. So it's part of the same. And within the, those core uh, within that core group of eight people we have like the licensee the core organizer and then the head of teams which are our like different branches uh, yes. for sponsors sponsors experiences speakers uh, attendees communication design yeah like all these different tasks I, I i love all of that monica this has been a fantastic conversation uh, I, and we got a sense to, and my, you know, I don't record video, but you're just, you know, you've got lots of energy and passion and, and, uh, you know, you can just tell you love what you're doing. And, uh, thank you so much for sharing all these great ideas with, with, uh, the rest of the organizers. Thank you, Mark. This has been great. Yes. It's been a great conversation and just to be able to share this with, with your audience is great. Hello, big hello to all the TEDx uh, fellow organizers. And yes, we'll, we'll be in the TEDx tribe. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? 
just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.